how can we possibly have this community of work together and not only be effective, that's step one, but also so their lives, the rest of their lives are transformed. Hey folks, welcome back. This is Mark Devine with the Unbeatable Mind Podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Really appreciate it. As you know, I do not take it lightly because your time is valuable. So we're going to get right into it today. Before I introduce our super cool guests, Matthew and Teresis Engelhard, uh, let me remind you that if you're interested in helping veterans who are suffering from post-traumatic stress, then join me in our burpee challenge. I've committed to 100,000 burpees this year. There's several different ways you can participate. Go to burpeesforvets.com. That's F-O-R, burpeesforvets.com. Check it out. Our goal is, as a team, to do 22 million burpees, raise $250,000, and then put 50 vets through an integrated training session with some follow-on aftercare as a beta program to test that model. So it's going to be pretty cool. Awesome. So um, as I mentioned, my guests today are Matthew and Teresis Engelhart. They're the founders of Cafe Gratitude, authors of this super cool gem of a book called Kindred Spirits, Fulfilling Love's Promise. Their passion is communication and people. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a lot of other passions you have, but we're going to talk today about communication and how important it is um, for relationship, um, for business, right? and uh, we'll see what else comes up. So why don't we start? First, welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Mark. Making Thanks the for trek, having us. Yeah, down from L.A., Welcome. Thank you for having us. You yeah. want us to comment on why communication is so important? Is no. It? Well, we can get into that. The whole okay. thing, we'll talk about that. But let me start. Uh, since this is Unbeal Mind, the people who are listening are all professionals who are you know, trying to improve themselves. And we you know, look at that from an integrated standpoint, physical, mental, emotional, intuitional, and spiritual. So we call those the five mountains. So you know, a lot of people miss communication as a tool. And in fact, uh, I, I do want to acknowledge that um, I went to, with my family, a seminar or a workshop in January at uh, your uh, HANA location in Maui. Uh, it was an incredible workshop on the kindred spirit and the communication style. And I had never considered communication itself as a tool for personal development. Mm -hmm. You know, I just thought it was something you do. But after that, I really opened my mind. So. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe we could start there. It's like, how did this like idea come around that that communication itself could be a radically effective tool to evolve an individual in relationship? Do you want well, to go first? sure. So, you know, how we reckon, how we um, distinguish being is our thought, speech, belief, actions, and attitudes, and that's what really what we have to manage to have a successful life. If we manage our thoughts, what we say, what we believe, our actions, and our, our attitude, um, that, that manages our experience. And so what we say is so important because um, it gives us our experience. And in our model, what we're not only responsible for what we say, but having it land like an opportunity over there. Because whatever your dream is in life, it probably includes other people. Mm -hmm. So communication is so key. And what, you, what you're saying is actually determining what altar you're, you're worshiping at. Like your thoughts give you your experience and your speech gives you your experience. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really important. 
That is interesting. And I want to come back to that because that was my first quote. Take responsibility for not only what you say, but how it lands. Easier said than done. Yes. Right? Speaking from experience. That is, right? that, that's radical. But let's, let's come back to that. I want to ask, I want to ask both of you, like, how did you guys, like, stumble upon this? I imagine, like, you were just expert communicators from the time you came, came <laughs> out of high all. school, right? Not at all. Okay, great. So I would say, um, I'll just speak for myself. How I came to it was probably through failure. Yes. And that frustration of, how, how, how is it that people aren't hearing what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I would say, you know, I also, well, I also lived, you know, I came through the pathway of sexual abuse, addiction, and recovery. So mm. I also was learning and I'm committed to being very transparent mm-hmm. because you know, the lack of transparency kept me trapped. Mm -hmm. And so being transparent, there's a huge responsibility in being responsible for what you say. Because how I survived for 20 years in addiction was lying. Right. So like no responsibility for what I said to everyone. Yeah, it was just how I survived. And so telling the truth became paramount in just me living, creating a life. Mm -hmm. And so telling the truth... And, you know, the problem is when you tell the truth, then other people actually have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so that really, for me, was a key in checking in to see what people heard mm-hmm. and also learning that whatever experience they were having, that was their experience. My responsibility was to be forthcoming, to be truthful, and to deal with my experience. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that's the key that started it for me. And then uh, I worked for a company who's paramount in teaching communication skills all over the world. So Landmark Education teaches that, and Mm -hmm. they utilize communication skills. So I worked for and led programs, and that's that's really where I saw the value and the importance of communication Mm -hmm. and and that your word creates your world. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to pay attention to what words you're using. Mm -hmm. And and. Coming to your own truth or trying to discern what's truthful. Now, that's an interesting thing in and of itself. Right? So it's, it's easy to say, you know, just tell the truth and be responsible for how it lands, but how do we know our own truth? Well, uh, I'll answer that first. What I would say is I, always, I speak in the first person, so it's my experience. Yes. And so when I speak in the first person, nobody can really argue with that. That may not have been, I mean, for example. It may not be my truth. Yeah, for example, I came from a family, you know, a military family, three girls. And when we get together and talk about a a particular event, I think, where was I? (laughs) Right, Because they have a completely different experience of the exact same event. Right. And so it really helped me realize there's lots of different perspectives of a same event. Mm -hmm. And so what's important, what's truthful for me is my experience, that I can own my experience. And I get that my experience comes through the filter that I'm looking from. And there's value in being able to sit in somebody else's seat and see it from their perspective as well. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that was my experience. Mm -hmm. So this explains why I heard you say several times um, in January, I'm having a story that you're oh, thinking yeah. this way. Yeah, or yeah. I'm making yeah, I'm up. I'm making story, up I'm making a story. Up. Because I can take responsibility for that. I'm making up you're not having a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know if they're having a good time unless I check in. 
Right. How's it going for you over there? What are you hearing? It's really communication is, you know, a two-way street mm -hmm. where oftentimes I think without a lot of training and communication, we're, we're listening to what we're saying, thinking about what we're going to say mm -hmm. next when the other person's talking. Mm -hmm. And it's not really a two-way street. Mm -hmm. And then there creates this amazing frustration because nobody's here. Nobody's really listening. Right. Yeah, being yeah. present is the key. Right. Just the baseline for communicating effectively. Yeah, and not, not in, in some not, loop or story. Yeah, yeah. One of our uh, practices for unbeatable mind we call authentic listening, which is just to clear your mind and just be there. Yeah. It's very much uh, like your, your concept of holding space, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's difficult. Like I said, all these things are difficult, not easy, but that's why we got to practice them every day. Yeah. Right? yeah. How about you, Matthew? How did you come to appreciate I, communication? I think I probably got a crash course in community and communication because... Um, I was in a family of four children, and our neighbors were killed in a car accident. So we became nine mm. from my from four to nine children overnight, and all of a sudden it was like, okay, you know, like you're in community. Right. And I think I just grew up with um, some, yeah, I grew up with some some training in how to get along with people and how to navigate people's upsets and mm -hmm. just. And so, yeah, and then when I met her, it was like a crash course. Like, <laughs> she upped the bar. Up the bar. Yeah. She leveled you up a little bit. That's right. And I imagine uh, when, you, um, when you guys started Cafe Gratitude, which I understand is now the largest vegan, is it vegan or vegetarian? Vegan. Uh, yeah. Vegan, plant-based yeah. plant -based restaurant. Yeah. Um, at least in California or maybe the country, right? Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so that... And restaurants, having been a restaurant owner, are like real petri dishes of communication and chaos. So was it that experience in trying to learn how do we, you know, how do we get everyone to really be on the same page that caused you to start to like turn these into principles that can be yes. clearly communicated to others through workshops and whatnot? Yeah, I would say through creating a larger community, yep, yeah. expanding to a larger community. And then when we had this idea and we began to create this, you know, the necessity for effective communication yeah, it's kind of like right in front of us all the time because our goal was workability. We actually right. had something to produce so our goal was workability. So how do we train people in this? And not mm. only workability, but we wanted to transform people's lives in the workplace. That right. was the kind of principle right. of sacred commerce that can we set up a structure or a system where you come to work and you leave work emptier than when you got there, like free, more freed up, more present. And so that's how, mm -hmm. how do we do that? Like how can we possibly have this community of, work together and not only be effective that's that's um step one but also so their lives the rest of their lives are transformed yeah that's an extraordinary vision and i think it's nice to see i've read sacred commerce and it's a beautiful you know it's something we're trying here to you know implement in our company uh, sim similar but not quite the same as the idea of conscious capitalism mm -hmm. where you know your staff employees are as important as the bottom line and as important as the environment and the global community but conscious capitalism doesn't address the how right mm -hmm. how do you create a culture that uplifts everyone yep. or like you said instead of leaving you less than empties you of the shadow yep. or baggage every day you go to work Well, and also mark to remember um 
people actually have to be up for that experience. Right. So there are people who aren't, it's not a fit for by their choice or our choice, right? They're actually not willing and to do, do they, that work. Do you work. select them out during the recruiting and onboarding yeah, process? Both. And yeah. then, and then when people come, you know, sometimes people come to something all lit up and excited about them and they realize, well, they actually have to do some work mm -hmm. or yeah. deal with some fears. Then sometimes people are for continuing and sometimes people aren't. And you have mm -hmm. to be able to figure out, is that a good fit? Right. Is this the right time? Some people leave, some people come back. Some people stay, some people grow. You have a lot of business leaders and entrepreneurs who listen to this podcast, and I'm certain they'd be really interested to know, like, what impact has this had on your organization, and mm -hmm. how challenging is it? Like, how, how hard is it to try to create a culture like this where your staff actually is bought into it and is communicating at, the, you know, at a level that's uncommon? Well... We, we just actually came from an all-staff meeting at our biggest and most successful restaurant. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm super present to what you're talking mm -hmm. about right now. And I would say um, I can't think of any other work I'd rather be doing. So that's one thing. Is it work? Sure, it's work. Mm -hmm. But it's really, you know, you can extend an invitation to people. You can create it as a benefit package, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But people actually have to see the possibility for themselves. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? Is I'd say you focus on the people that have already had that experience and they share just like mm -hmm. you've come and done a workshop and mm -hmm. now you're sharing with your audience mm -hmm. and your family's involved. Catherine came first, she shared your family. That's how it works. What you get, you give away. Mm -hmm. So I would say when we look back over these 14 years of being in the restaurant business and going from, I don't know, 11 employees to 700 in summer, mm -hmm. what um, the impacts it's made is one, most of our leaderships burst from inside of our company. Mm -hmm. While we do hire outside now because our growth went very quickly, our I would say our priority is really growing and developing leaders. We just heard in the kitchen staff of this largest restaurant. Okay, you want to get like, what is it, 10 million, 11 million? 13 million. 13 million in sales. Uh, top sales a year. We spent $500 on back of the house training. Okay, that's unheard of. You mean Another like outside word, training? No. no. Yeah. Back of the house, oh, kitchen, prep. It means nobody no, leaves. We basically spent no training. Oh, I see what you're saying. Nobody leaves. Nobody, nobody, nobody left. Trained. And so when I asked wow. them this morning, I asked these back of the, you know, back of yeah. the house, which is our kitchen right. or, but, you know, I asked them, why do, have you stayed? And the woman who stood up and shared was crying. And she said, because these people are family. To me. So the biggest difference I would say is we've developed a community that goes much deeper than I mm -hmm. work with these people. These people mm -hmm. care. These people love each other. They have each other's backs. They do anything for each other and they work in a kitchen. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like we've been able to. Normally and, people are throwing knives at each other. Oh, in and the they, kitchen. yeah. People don't stay. The turnover rate's unbelievable. So that was impressive. That is. You know, five hundred dollars total. So it annually. clearly has an impact on the bottom line. A Absol positive oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, by a yeah. long shot. Yeah. Yep. And then the other thing I want to point out here, which we didn't share with you in this workshop, but I, because of who you tell me your audience is, I think it's important to get, is our people don't come to work to fulfill on our mission. We our mission gets fulfilled 
when our people fulfill on their individual callings. And mm -hmm. this is work we're still actively getting in at every mm -hmm. level, but we have it throughout our top tiers, you know, our board, our general mm -hmm. managers, our managers, and that's a very different framework. So mm -hmm. the they're not coming to work to fulfill on a company mission. The company mission gets fulfilled when these people fulfill on their life's work. Mm -hmm. And that's a very different kind of an upside down model, it is, but it yeah. makes life pretty exciting when people are coming to work to actually fulfill on why mm -hmm. they're here, what their life's up to. Let's say I'm a um, business owner or a manager, even of a restaurant, mm -hmm. uh, been there, done that myself. And my typical day is to go in there and just deal with putting out all these fires and, you know, someone's mad at someone else and someone didn't show up for work because they're pissed at someone else, you know, and it's just this chaos. And so... <laughs> it's just chaos. It's just chaos. <laughs> Sound effects. What's different? Like describe the Cafe Gratitude experience. So if I walk, if I'm a leader in Cafe Gratitude, yeah. what does my day look like? How does it start? Well, How is it different? First of all, if there's a fire to put out, right, between two people, one thing we might sit them down. As a manager, I might sit them down and say, oh, okay, you guys, there's some, there's some interference in the love force between you guys. Here's, here's what we're going to do. You're going to get this complete, and I'm going to sit here and coach you, and here are the rules. If your mouth is moving, you're either acknowledging the other person, making requests of the other person, or apologizing to the other person. That's it. No story. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear any story. Mm -hmm. All I, I want to hear is an acknowledgement, an apology, or making a request of the other. Mm -hmm. And we let them go at it. And believe me, it gets resolved. Because mm -hmm. if you if you keep that structure and people have to stay within that those parameters, mm -hmm. they'll get something story. It's, it's they'll get something complete in the story. He said, she said, oh no, no, no. that's Tom. where we all lose our power. Right. And so that might be one way. One mm -hmm. one of my chores mm -hmm. for the day certainly it would be checking in with everyone, being really present. Like mm -hmm. no, really, like you do care what's mm -hmm. going on. How are you doing? Maybe you do a clearing with someone. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's just really all about empowering people, being present, showing that you care, mm -hmm. getting them out of their head. It might be acknowledging them. It might make you, being a request to mm -hmm. them. Maybe a, it might be apologizing. It might be coming up to a dishwasher and say, hey, I haven't checked in with you for weeks. How mm -hmm. are you doing? Mm -hmm. How's your life going? Mm -hmm. just, is this working for you? I care that you have a great experience here. Mm -hmm. And so the leadership models all that, and then it gets reflected back to them over time as people yeah. start to develop yeah. and take it seriously. Yeah, like interesting. Authentic caring would be one of your one of our tools, right? Like your you know, my job as a manager is that your your life works. Yes, it, my job is that the bottom line is great, and that their life works. And then we re reverse it. We say to the employees, "Your job is that the managers' lives are great." I like that. So we introduced a new manager at Gracias Madre just this morning. And I asked, you know, the 170 people that were there. So who do you think is responsible for her succeeding? Mm -hmm. it's <laughs> it's, they are. Yeah. They'll make or break that manager. Right. right. Sooner, we had a similar concept in the SEAL teams. Like your job as a junior officer was to make yeah. the life of the senior officer better. Great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah awesome. Yeah. So they yeah. have to think about all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. You take ownership of it, and then they don't have to. They can focus on other things. Yep. Yep. Now, I know you appreciate some soreness brought on by getting busy with a bruising workout. 
But doesn't it suck when excessive soreness throws us off our game, causing us to back down on our effort, or even erasing those hard-won gains? That is why building recovery into our training plan is so important. Now, one way that I do that is with a simple-to-use recovery and healing tool called PowerDot. PowerDot is an electrical muscle stimulation device that forces type 2 muscle contractions, allowing you to increase muscle performance, speed up recovery, and also find a deeper mind-body connection. I've used complicated stim devices in the past to heal from my back injuries, but those were clumsy devices and not very effective to use for everyday use. The PowerDot, however, is a game changer because of its simplicity and the control through a well-designed mobile app. It's portable and powerful, making it usable for daily recovery or as needed for excessive soreness and to ward off potential overtraining injuries. PowerDot puts professional-level physical therapy into your gritty hands, saving valuable time and money. Now, the PowerDot team loves us at SealFit and Unbeatable Mind, and they have a generous offer for us. You can get 25% off the device when you go to PowerDot.com. That's P-O-W-E-R-D-O-T.com. And use the code UNBEATABLEMIND, all one word, UNBEATABLEMIND, at the checkout. So again, receive 25% off of one of my favorite tools for achieving increased muscle performance and recovery by going to PowerDot.com and using that code UNBEATABLEMIND. Hoo-yah. You mentioned the term clearing, and we did some exercise around that in Hawaii. And I found it to be really um, valuable to set the ground for what you call authentic communication, right? Because it immediately kind of shifts into what we call a kokoro, which is the heart mind, and kind of like clears the space. Is that yeah. what's what happening does. with yeah. it? Yeah. Can you describe the process and like what its, sure. what its benefit might sure. be? So the, the Clearing is, should we just clear you and show you that, sure. that that's much better? Okay. Clear me. Okay. So I'm just, from this maybe yeah. SEALs like to clear things, but we usually do it in a different manner. Yeah. <laughs> clear the building, <laughs> clear the room. We're going to, okay, good. So, so first of all, the purpose of a clearing is just to, to get present, to be present, to be all the goodies in life only exist in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Future doesn't have anything to provide. The past has nothing to provide. All It's all right here and now. And mostly we walk around, most people walk around distracted in life. When we put it in a dialogue, we get some distance from it and we have some power to, to not let it run us. Mm-hmm. So the clearing is just two questions. The first one is that we call the shadow question and it just invites you or the person I'm clearing to put in a dialogue what's distracting you from being present. So the first one, today's was what? Oh, what are you making wrong? Of course I'm making myself wrong because I have no business doing these podcasts. Who is Mark Devine to be doing these podcasts and to be interviewing amazing people like you? I mean, I'm a total klutz. And so I have to be screwing up. Got it. So what I hear you saying is, who am I to be having all these podcasts? Uh, I'm Mar- I'm just Mark Devine. Who am I to be interviewing these people? And I'm a screw-up and I'm a klutz. That's what you heard. I think yeah. that's exactly what I said. Yeah. And when your attention is on that, when you- Mark Devine is worshiping at the altar of, I'm a klutz, how does it feel? 
What's the experience well, in your heart mind? It feels a little bit of uh, tension because you know, my ego is involved in the, in the process as opposed to being, you know, just letting it flow, so to speak. So you feel a little tension. A little tension, uh, maybe a little uh, anxiety around well, performance. I guess you'd call that performance anxiety. Per- a touch of performance anxiety. Got it. What? What does it feel like to be anxious? What does it feel like to be anxious? Go a little deeper. What a are little the deeper. Yeah. What are the uh, feelings that come up when you're questioning, who am I? Well, am you I? know, I'm, I'm, it's interesting. For me, in spite of all my training as a Navy SEAL, there's always still a little twang of performance anxiety that's... Um, which has both like a cognitive element of, you know, I hope, you know, I hope that I can be, ask good questions or, or you know, wondering, right? Mm-hmm. So rather than just absolute clarity and just presence. So what are the feelings associated the, with Right, that? and then I was going to say that that's so, because Mark's mostly in his head, you got to understand. <laughs> and the feelings associated with that is just a little, I don't know, a little tension in the belly and the heart region. What does it feel like to be tense in the belly? What are the feelings? See if you can give a feeling. A feeling. What's a feeling? What's a feeling? (laughs) What's it feel like? (laughs) Maybe a glimpse into my past. (laughs) We weren't allowed to feel all right in the divine (laughs) household. We're letting you know. What's a feeling? What does it feel feel like to have that performance anxiety? What are the feelings? You know, it just feels... Um, I feel. I feel... I, you know, it's, I'm not sure I can put a word to it. Is it fear? Yeah, I guess well, fear... I, you know, fear is pretty broad, so I was trying to find a more subtle okay. term. You know, right. fear of failure, fear of not measuring up, maybe fear of not quite being enough, fear of not being Tim Ferriss or, <laughs> you know, Joe Rogan. Okay, fear. What else? What else is in there in that package? What is that? Desire. Feel some desire. Yeah. yeah. Like desire to please, desire, desire to, to do please. Well. Yeah, desire to yeah, do the okay. right thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. What else? Anything else in there? I don't think so. I'm sure there is, but Okay. All right. Yeah. Great. Great. So, so just let yourself feel those for a minute. Instead of push them away or joke about it, just let yourself feel like kind of anxious. Desire to do well, desire to please, fear of letting people down, fear of failure, whatever it is, just let yourself feel those. And then once you're present to those, let us know and we'll ask you the next question. Yeah, I'm present to it. All right, so thanks. Thanks for digging. Yeah, thank you. What are you celebrating in your life right now? What What can you celebrate right now? Right now? Yeah. Uh, My amazing team and family. Right, some of whom are here today. Um, knowing you guys and being able to share this time together, get to celebrate that. My son Devin, he's always a part of our celebration, That's including great. in our critical conversations. <laughs> so, what I'd love to acknowledge you for is your commitment. Like, like I get the high performance uh, level that you've achieved in your life, and. You know, you could sit on your laurels with what you've achieved and you're like, your commitment to like, to continue and to search out, you know, to work, to dive into your emotional self and your spiritual self, like, it's just your commitment to life and excellence is really extraordinary. Hmm. 
Well, thank you. Yeah. Right. So, that's, so a that's a clearance. That's a clearance. So, so employee, I'm just going to walk yeah, through yeah. the steps of that. Yeah. So okay, the first thing in the clearing is, the first question, as Matthew shared, is designed to kind of have you look at what's in the way of you just mm -hmm. being wide open to be a big, bright, shining light of love and so and you, you have no idea what this person no is going to say. So you no can just idea. come and you say, hey, this person looks kind of down. And you would go in. And no idea. Would you ask well, them, "Hey, can we do a clearing?" Is no, it? it'd be a, it'd just be we do it every day. We ideally, have, so you just come up and say, "Hey, what's distracting you right now?" Or, it would be it would be ideally in the restaurant business they would do it on the beginning of their shift, I see. and people would pair up. Oh, okay. So and, this and, is a, a, and a, a more formal would, process yeah, than just coming up and dumping. Process and the manager and would, somebody. if was doing a good job, would at least clear with every employee every month or every other month just to kind of be always checking in. Okay. And if you experience that you felt like somebody was struggling in some area, mm -hmm. you could easily go up and say to them, hey, let's sit down for a minute. And you could ask them, would you like to get cleared? Is the biggest outcome, I, I want to get back to the process so I won't get too sidetracked, but is the biggest outcome just a, a much deeper level of connection between the Absolutely. two Absolutely. And the other person is present and empowered in their life. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So the first question is designed to just distinguish what's in the way of you being here fully, mm -hmm. ready to go, whatever you're getting going at. Right. And the second step is you just recreate what they said. Some people call it active listening. So you, you say back. You don't try to tell them anything. You, you don't, don't give them any no. advice. So that's no why coaching. you can do no this coaching. with all our all of our, we call them advocates, but all of our employees, because nobody's giving advice. Nobody has to have a degree in anything. You're simply repeating what they say, mm -hmm. which is at the same time training that person and actually listening. Mm -hmm. And being present. And being mm -hmm. present. So then I'll say, this is what I heard you say. Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. And you don't go on until the person says, yeah, that's what I said. Mm -hmm. You might have added or changed a word and the person goes, that's not quite it. And what that step does is leaves the person with the experience of having really been heard, which mm -hmm. is powerful. Most of us live our lives feeling like nobody knows how it is for us because nobody's really listening. Mm -hmm. And so that begins to heal some of that core mistrust in people. And so you recreate what the person says. Once they say, yep, that's what I said, then you ask the next question, which is when your attention is on that, because it's not always like that, when your attention's on that, how do you feel? And that's moving people from their head or a metal construct into their heart mm -hmm. or the emotional realm. People mm -hmm. share a feeling or just as I worked with you, you might ask people, look and see what's the feeling under that if people are being conceptual. And then once they state a feeling, invite them to just let yourself feel that because oftentimes we push away the feelings. But the mm -hmm. freedom actually is on the other side of that feeling. So you want people to That's feel the feeling. You know, I think a lot of people are probably in my boat where I was t uh, told that I couldn't feel those right. certain well, range of, of emotions, right? Yeah, a lot of people. And so then that gets stuck. It's like blocked energy. You're trapped. Yeah. Yep. And then once they feel that, the next step is you can re you recreate the feeling. This is what I heard you say. This is how you feel. They, they feel the feeling. Thank them for sharing. Mm. Because it's an act of generosity mm -hmm. to share, especially to share a heartfelt feeling. Mm -hmm. So thank them and then mm -hmm. ask them when they're ready. The second question is designed to move their attention to the here and now. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you celebrating right now? What are you celebrating? So it brings you into the present moment. And that one you don't need to recreate and you don't need to create a feeling. The next step is um, acknowledgement. And our version of acknowledgement isn't so much for something someone does 
but it's for the quality that's underneath or behind why someone would do that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it could be for creating this, for creating the podcast, but what Matthew actually said was for your commitment to yeah, life and you're for, you have a big commitment to other people living fully. Mm-hmm. And then that's, that's it. Neat. That's neat. So it brought to mind uh, a quote that I wrote down that you guys said, which is rather than seeking love, seek to remove the barriers that allow love to be present. So it sounds to me, this is why these communication skills, like what I just experienced was, there's a little bit of blockage or barrier to allowing, you know, and and if some of my Navy SEAL friends think the word love is a little bit too rainbowish, insert the force, right? Mm -hmm. Insert God, right? It's Mm -hmm. all the same. We're talking about the same thing, aren't we? Yeah, we are. So release the blocks. Yeah. Instead of looking out here, grasping for love out here, or yeah. God's or energy, peace. or peace, or the force be with you, yeah. remove the barriers. Inspiration. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And you can't remove those, Mark, if you remember what we said, you can't remove those unless you can identify what they are. Correct. They're just hidden in there. You think, you think you're wide open, but right. you're like a tightly woven sieve until right. you begin to see what's in the way. And then you can choose to keep it in place or not. You don't have to remove it. Right. From your experience, um, I mean, a lot of times people say, well, my barrier is in my head, right? It's the stories that I run, it's the belief systems, it's the biases. But it seems to me that all of that has a corresponding emotional current to it. Yes. And often there's a lot of confusion between the story and the emotion because it was, you know, there might have been some hurt that happened at a very young age before you were cognitively capable of making meaning of it, good meaning out of yep. that. Yep. that well, and part of that, part of the work that we help people see is there's the story of what happened. We're clear that there are um, harmful, painful, traumatic, traumatic, damaging things that have happened to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But as long as you hold on to the story, you remain a victim of those. Mm-hmm. See, what so, happened mm-hmm. is what is very clear. Yeah. What we made it mean is yeah. where the pain is, and all the pain is in the story, which is all mostly right. interpretation. Interpretive, right? And it may have right. served you at a certain point, but by the time we're, we're talking with people, there's a strong likelihood that story's no longer serving them. Mm-hmm. And as long as they hold on to that story, they remain a victim of those circumstances. Correct. But as soon as they can uncollapse what happened from what they made it mean, there's freedom. You know, I have a, a direct example of that. It's the clearing that I think it, was it Matthew, you and I that did the clearing about my father? Or was it, you and I, I think, Tercey, you and I did it. So I was holding on to a story that I was, you know, somewhat of a victim of my, my father's own, yep. you know, kind of rageaholism. Um, and like this sense that, if only he hadn't been that way, I could be a little bit more whole, mm-hmm. right? And I guess, like you said, for me, that was okay when I was six, yeah. but not when I was 26. Well, how I, long have you been full- parenting yourself? When did you leave home? Uh, 17. Okay, how old are you? 54. So you've been parenting yourself almost 40 years, right? Yeah, you think I could take responsibility for that. <laughs> no, but the key, the key mark I'm is... I'm a slow learner. <laughs> the key mark is to get... That was a completely appropriate response when you were a kid, mm-hmm. right? Right. But now, what, what, what actually 
you know, what I wanted you to help, help you see is how did your father was just being your father. Right. We don't know his history. We don't know his past. You know some of it, right? He was just being your father. But how did that serve you? See, when right. you're a little kid and you're a victim of it, you can't see how it served you because no. you, you're not safe. No, that was huge because that's what allowed me to be a Navy SEAL. That's right. You are who you are because right. of who your father was. Exactly. That's so, right. So to honor that. Yeah. And, and to thank, thank, him. thank him for it. Yeah. Have you done that yet? I'm planning on it. Good. It's in the book. That's good. <laughs> it's, on look at your it's on my task list. What, one of the things great. we say Here's is... Here's the thing. When you, when you thank your father, when you thank your father, Mark, you'll be free. Now, your father may or may not be, but you will be. Yeah. And then watch out. Then watch what's possible. Because it, it would be easy for you to live like you've already done the greatest thing in your life. Problem is you're still living. Mm-hmm. So now what? Thankfully, right? yeah. So I, I, I'm excited, but you want to get free of that first. Yeah, so remove the barriers. Yep. Um, you know, we. I think one of the things that people like about this podcast is I do like to go where most men don't go in particular, yep. you know, even though women need to go here too. But emotional development is hard. And I have a lot of people who are really strong on the outside and very successful, you know, yeah. run huge companies. And they come to our training and they're like, well, I don't have any problems like this. And I'm thinking, yes, you do, right? I don't know a single person in this world who is perfect, right? Everyone's either in denial or projecting something. What are the most common, like, is there a, a common theme you see that, like, if you could just solve these top three issues in your life or, or acknowledge that you have some issues around them, then it'll free up so much energy. You know, is there like an 80-20 rule around this where you could just say, hey, take care of these three big things. Relationship with your father and mother. I think I heard you say relationship with money is another one. Well, yeah, the one thing I say is check in with your, check, to check in with your spiritual development, check in with your relationship to family, right. money, and intimate partnership. Mm-hmm. Like that, your our wounds are going to show up there. That's what that's where so they're going to start show looking up. in those three veins yeah. and yeah. start digging for gold there. Yeah, and, and also, Mark, I would say, you know, it's true that we live in a culture where success can be celebrated, but it can also be its own prison. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it's a great defense mechanism. And the reason it's a great defense mechanism is because everybody else is still trying to be successful, and you are already. Mm-hmm. And right. so, who's going to touch that? But I think one of the great questions I would ask people who are super successful is, okay, let's just say you're on your deathbed, mm-hmm. and who's someone that you love dearly, and then ask them, what would your last words to that person be? Mm-hmm. And I will bet you it is not about amassing how much wealth. How much of my money do you want? It will not be about amassing wealth. Right. And will not be. But the question is, let's not wait till our deathbed, mm-hmm. right? Which is like the emergency to actually access our heart. Let's create urgency mm-hmm. instead. And the urgency is actually created by what's the value? What's the heart value? We're actually, do you know, a human being can live without their mind, mm. but they can't live without their heart. Mm-hmm. We're a heart-based, we're a heart-based being. Mm-hmm. And you're a perfect person, and your history is the perfect resume 
to actually guide powerful, successful men to their heart, which would actually change what life on this planet looks like. Yes. Our, our vision as a company, I don't know if I've ever stated this on this podcast, is to make the world or help make the world more resilient, integrated, and peaceful. Right. And every one of those, or we, we train resiliency and integration, yep. which leads to peace yeah. <laughs> because you're connecting at that coral heart level. Yeah. But yeah, I, the, I would say trans, if we could train people in transparency and authenticity, yeah. like that would be, that would Everything. be magnificent. Like, because right. human connection only happens through sharing our fallenness. It doesn't happen sharing how we, how we did at golf today. I hit a 73. Oh, I feel so close to you. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It, happen, it happens because we share our, our shadow, our humanity. And so, and we, we got all these people, successful people walking around, unsuccessful people walking around feeling disconnected because their refusal to get on the mat mm -hmm. and share their, authentically share what their experience, like their humanity. Mm -hmm. And that's the, for me, that's the key to, Real um, success. Yeah, real success. And because we also know that there's lots and lots of super successful people <laughs> that don't necessarily experience fulfillment or joy right. or peace. Right. And the key would be to be able to have both. See, I think sometimes people think... Yeah, it's not a trade-off. It doesn't yeah, have to be. Yeah, sometimes people think, I can't be successful right. and be transparent. And I would say, try it. Yeah, so you're living examples of that, right? So you can have both. Yeah. It just takes a lot of work. Well, it takes it's, work either it's way, great though, right? Work though, because yeah. once you start to do that work, all that you have has a whole different meaning, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. you're, we don't spend our life trying to defend and protect what we have. We've actually learned how to live in the flow, mm -hmm. so it's flowing through us. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to defend and protect it mm -hmm. because we there's always more where that comes from, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and love is a much more accurate measure of result what is it resiliency, resiliency yeah. peace peace integration integration yeah. love is a great measure of that or the force hey folks i want to tell you about a product developed by a friend of mine navy seal doctor kirk parsley it's called the sleep remedy i tried it recently during my unbeatable mind summit and boy, this stuff works. I can't say enough good things about it. I fell asleep quickly, didn't wake up feeling groggy, and uh, man, I, I was like rock and roll the next day. Doc Parsley designed this to help Navy SEAL teammates back in 09. They had been coming to him and they were having a huge problem with sleep. And, and this is not just SEALs and spec ops that have this problem. It's everybody, or many people I should say, who are hyper successful. So he concocted these things from things that are normally associated with developing you know, or the, the chemicals that are in your brain that, that help facilitate sleep. And so he pulled them together and now he's put it all into one you know, powder-based product. It's been hugely successful. He's been on the market now for a little while. And you know, what he said in his talk to us was that everything is degraded when you don't sleep. Your emotions... Um, your emotional balance, your decision-making, problem-solving, your impulse control, willpower, they're all degraded because these are all controlled by your prefrontal cortex. And it gets impaired by up to 30% with one single night of sleep where you're deprived. 
And then furthermore, all of your hormones, testosterone, growth hormone, and uh, they all decrease. The production of those decrease by also up to 30% with just a single night of sleep where you're deprived. And it probably could be just a limit, you know, just an hour off. Doc Parsley's sleep remedy designed to concentrate the most important nutrients that you need when you're preparing to go to sleep. It is drug-free. It's a nutritional supplement. And thousands of people, like I said, have tried it. First responders, Navy SEALs, athletes, CEOs, and they all find that it's very useful. Uh, if you're interested in trying it, there's an unlimited no questions asked money back guarantee. And you can get 10% off by entering the code Unbeatable Mind when you order it at Doc Parsley, D O C P A R S L E Y dot com. So enter Unbeatable Mind in the coupon code box at docparsley.com. I recommend you check it out. Yeah. What personal practices do either both of you have as a couple or individuals to prepare yourselves to go out into the world centered, flowing, as opposed to contracted and ungrounded? Well, meditation, mm -hmm. which you're super familiar with, mm -hmm. uh, would be one. And, um, you know, I have this, one of my little sayings is, your upset or your upset is my meditation. Mm. Like, I'm 100% responsible for my experience, and the circumstances of the world are just grist for my mill to stay present and stay with my heart, stay in my heart. So I see the world as the tri my training tool. Like, it's my oh, gym. That's cool, yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just there for me to, to test me and see how grounded, how centered, how, uh, how much I'm, I'm really in my heart and in present. Mm -hmm. And so and it requires um, being really observant, mm -hmm. internally observant, because it's all, everything that the world's going to trigger is here. It's mm -hmm. here. It looks like it's out here, but it's here. Mm -hmm. And so it's, uh, um, yeah, I just really take on being uh, observant with my thoughts, not just in meditation, but it's all a meditation. It's all a meditation. So your whole day life is a practice of trying to be present. And yeah. That's interesting. And when I, when I go unconscious and when I, uh, I'm not present and I see that it impacts someone else, I clean it up. I apologize. Mm -hmm. I lost the plot. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I lose the plot. I think it's about that perfect cup of coffee or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever no other nonsense I'm chasing. But interesting. Yeah, I clean and it I up. And I would say for myself, there's four things. It's, it's the first one to me is like tell the truth mm -hmm. so it's like share my authentic experience tell the truth stay in the moment mm -hmm. because the only thing that would have me not say that is um past or future yeah which is where the stories yeah are. regret out, or remorse or fear or back there. yeah stay in the moment and then open up to love mm. and i would say you know i've i see that like matthew we have that in common that Every moment is an opportunity to either be a part of the love force or be a part of the fear force. Mm. And I'm actually like committed to being on the love team. You can only serve one master right. at a say, time. Feed the courage wolf, which would yeah. be on the yeah. love force, or yeah. you know, starve fear, which would yeah. be committing yeah. to not being on the fear force. Yeah. Do either of you have um, a mantra that keeps you centered or keeps you, Tiercy's, in, in the love flow or you know, something that, you know, 
you say over and over and over, especially if you get distracted, it brings you back. Or I would say, hey. what would love do now? What, yeah. what would love do now? Well, okay, if love were here, because I'm not feeling it right now, uh-huh. right, what would it do? Interesting, yeah. That's a great mantra. And then um, the, the mission we have as a couple as a cu- is love courageously expressed in the world. Mm-hmm. So that's just a kind of a North Star. I go, okay, so am I courageously expressing love right mm-hmm. now, or am I being a whiny little ba- baby? You know? <laughs> that's awesome. Um, since I took the time to write these quotes down, yes, I want to get to these. And, and so what I want to do is like talk about some of them I've already touched on, but talk, uh, uh, read the quote and then let's drag out the 10 superpowers or, or whichever ones are relevant, right? Yeah. And because they're so awesome. But I want to start back with this one we started with is because this is like the crux of being present is take responsibility, for not just for what I say, for how it lands. And that sounds cute, but like I know how much is in that statement, right? How challenging it can be and just how much is involved in being present enough to realize, like Teresa, you said, that you just said something, or maybe Matthew, you just said something that just landed wrong. Most people are completely ignorant of that. How do we do that? Well, and What's I, the superpower here? Well, one of them would be to ch- always check in. So I could say, Mark, I, there's a conversation I want to have with you that I'm concerned you're, is not going to win like an opportunity. Like I could even preface it with that. Like uh-huh. I have something to say to you and my concern is you won't, you won't hear it as love. You'll hear it as criticism. Mm-hmm. But here, so here we go. And, and then I share it. Like that's one way to, or to speak it and then say, what are you hearing? So the other one, way is say, hey, um, Mark, I think that the blog is a complete disaster. Mm-hmm. And then I'd say, what are you hearing? Like, how do you <laughs> I hear screwed that? Up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. I hear that you hear I screwed up. <laughs> but what I'm saying is it could be more powerful. I would never say it's a disaster. I'd always say right. the power. I would, I would say, um, I think the blog could be more powerful. Right. And I don't think that, but I'm yeah, for, yeah. for modeling it. <laughs> I think the blog could be more powerful. What do you hear? And you'd say, I hear I, hear I yeah. screwed up. I said, no, that's not what I said. I right. said, How, I'm on your team. I'm your, I'm your team player. Let's make this thing even more powerful. Right. And I think oftentimes huh. asking people, what did you hear? Yeah, what great. What did you hear? I just said, Could you even you say, you know, how did that land with you? Yeah. Or sure. You Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> or what are, you, what, what are you present to now? I mean, what's the your key truth? is... What's your story around this? Yeah, the yeah. key is to be able to speak in a way that they can hear. Right. So if people are aware of what are you present to, some people will be like, what do you mean? Like right now? Other people would understand. I have dropped so many hand grenades with email communications because people generally read email in a different way than they mm-hmm. have communicated. Because you're missing all the all nuance. The nuance, all the facial language and everything. Do you guys communicate with email much? I do a lot, of, e- I do a lot of email communication, but how I do prefer you voice against... to voice. Yeah. Well, I think probably how I protect against that is... Um, I, I would say if I'm sending a abrupt or, uh, I would probably say I don't send that many. I would say those are the people I either call or. If you think it so, could be taken yeah, in a negative way. Yeah, if I feel way. like I don't yeah. know their, where they are at this time or. So let's get, yeah, I would probably not I, do that. I read somewhere, someone did some research, this is interesting, that if you are sending an email and you're feeling positive about it, yeah. just expect that it'll be received as neutral. Yeah, I can get that. And if you're sending an email which is kind of neutral, like, hey, this has just happened, expect that it's going to be received as negative, as mm-hmm. criticism. Mm-hmm. 
Great. So Isn't that interesting. Yeah. yeah, I can get that. Like, because remember, that's the filter. Most people are most people are afraid they've messed yeah. up. So I'm, an, I'm the only Navy SEAL who uses emojis on my email <laughs> communications. That's so funny. Smiley face. No, thumbs that's so up. funny that you say that because <laughs> I sent a letter to our lawyer, and I had a little red heart on it, and he wrote back like, "That's the first lawyers heart don't get I've a lot of hearts." Ever received. <laughs> It's true. It, and I was like, wow, he's been in practice like 20 some years. And he said, Tiercy, that's the first heart I've ever received. That was the cutest thing ever. <laughs> I just that's assumed awesome. we but, all were good with us. Let, let's give you a little formula for hard conversations. Yep. Um, this is more with an employee, employee situation. So you want to put a correction in with an employee. There's a, something called three generous assumptions. Mm -hmm. So you say, look, Either I, you take the responsibility. Either I haven't trained you correctly, or I haven't given you all the tools that you need, mm -hmm. or maybe I'm there. Maybe I can see it some other way, but right now this is what I need from you, and by this time. Mm -hmm. So what can what do you need from me to have fulfill on that? Mm -hmm. So, but you you it it it'll disarm them if you take responsibility and say, look. Apparently, I haven't given you the training you mm -hmm. need. You know, he's BB. You don't say it's, you know, facetiously. He's really no. generally said, and or I haven't given you the tools you need, mm -hmm. or maybe you see it some other way and you see a better way to do it. But this is what I need by this time. Right. Or you see it a better way. Enlighten me. <laughs> yeah. How is it you're doing? No, I'm very much in line with that. It reminds me of uh, my SEAL teammate, Jocko Willink, has this concept just called extreme ownership. Very simple, but it's that. It's like Beautiful. if you're in charge, yeah. if it's not working out, who's at fault? Yeah. Extreme ownership. You are. Take extreme ownership. And it has to be like either you didn't provide the training or you didn't provide the resources or the mission wasn't conveyed effectively, communicated effectively. Yeah. Exactly. There's some reason that it yeah. failed, but it's my fault yep. as a leader. So you call those the three generous assumptions. Yeah, yeah and communication you, should be in there. Maybe it's four. No, it's three. It, no, but it could be. Maybe four could, is better. We could increase. We're upgrading it. Because you say, I either I haven't communicated correct um, properly. Well, that would be training. Yeah, might be. Mm -hmm. I, you could put it in though, or not. Do you guys but, need to do a clearing here? No. <laughs> <laughs> always, so always tweaking things. <laughs> All right, so love, and I put in parentheses, God, can't fill what's already full. Yeah. We kind of already addressed that in the terms of removing the barriers. But so yeah. if I'm full of all this energy and these things, this contraction, this blocking it, then there's no room at no the room. end. Yeah. Or even if you look at the conversation about, you know, a very successful, high achieving, in this case, man, but could be woman, right? Mm -hmm. Person. You want to look at, how are they full? Mm -hmm. or, full of themselves and or their just success. Full of, and, right. Yeah, full of all that they've achieved in life. Mm -hmm. it can, you could be full of that mm -hmm. and still have a difficult time letting love in. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not your achievements. <laughs> right. You're not. We tell our chef every day, you are not the food. <laughs> right? But when you're in a restaurant business and people criticize the food, it's they easy take it to take it personally. You're not the food. Interesting. And but you are what you eat. Aren't you? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you aren't your achievements either. Right. It's an aspect of who you are, but it's not who you are. So who are you? Yeah, the, the, what's really neat about this is it's it's upside down world. Like if you really, if you're a, a successful CEO or yeah. in any profession, yeah. any person, 
The way to get more successful isn't to keep doing what got you that outer success, it's to surrender right, to life's mystery, to presence. Yep. And you know, even as a SEAL, we don't like that term surrender very much. You know, we don't put up the white flag. Yeah. So we're not surrendering to an enemy. Yeah. We're surrendering no. to a friend. Yeah. Yeah, you're actually surrendering the enemy. You're surrendering the enemy. Thank yeah. you. The internal enemy. <laughs> not, you're not, you're it's good. It's good. I've been we're not surrendering to, to an enemy. We're, we're surrendering the enemy. Hey, we just came up with a new quote. Yeah. Write yeah. that one. Write that one down. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> yeah. Okay, just a couple more. And how you know you've surrendered to the enemy is you're moved by your life. Right. You're and, moved. And there's passion. And, yeah. Yeah, and there's freedom. Freedom. You could ask those CEOs, when's the last time you were really moved by yourself or others? That'd be great. another good that would be gauge. A good, right. Interesting. All right. You said this already, Matthew. We're all upsets waiting to happen. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Consider we're all just walking around looking for a place to put our upset. Put our story, our, put our story, our to upset. dump on someone, to project our... Yeah, our, exactly. Whether That's it's a, a waitress or an employee or employer or uh, somebody, we flip someone off on the highway. It's... We're just upsets waiting to happen. Again, at the meeting this morning, we were talking about, we were going through being with our, with our employees, our advocates at Gracias Mandre. And it was so great because one of, one of our Latino employees who hosts at this restaurant, where we deal with a lot of entitlement, she said, we asked her, so how, what's a positive way you could see people as they come into the restaurant? Mm -hmm. And she said... They're all hungry <laughs> because people come in all upset, right? They want a particular table. Yeah, they're hungry. They right? right. She goes, they're hungry. They're hungry and for they're love. They're hungry for love, yes. right? They're hungry. We could for see connection. them that way instead of like they're mean, they're angry, they're selfish. They're they're hungry, <laughs> which is beautiful, that right? Is cool. But here's the freedom: when you know people are upsets waiting to happen, then you know you don't take it it's nothing's personal. Right? They're just I'm. I'm the target for today, and my game is your upset is my meditation. Mm -hmm. So that's the superpower. That's the superpower. Like, okay, great. I'm going to hold where space. Where does apology come in? Because that's another one of the superpowers that is so powerful. That's why it's a superpower. Well, remember that apology isn't you're right, I'm wrong, I'm sorry. That's not our definition of apology. Apology for us is. I can see that my actions or inactions had an impact on you, and I can take responsibility for that. Mm -hmm. So it's an act of responsibility. And we all impact each other all the time. Mm -hmm. And you can always apologize for an impact you had on someone. So if I, if I said to someone, I'm, I'm sorry that you're so screwed up, that's not an effective no, apology? That wouldn't, no, that wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might what be. What could you say in that situation? Let's say you have the experience that someone screwed up. How could you take responsibility? I think I bring it back to, I'm sorry, I didn't provide the conditions for success here. And Great. that has caused Great. a breakdown in communication Great. or caused you some pain. Great. And yeah. then you could check in with them. So what do you need from me? Or what haven't I provided? Or yeah. let me know what's going on for you. But look at right. the difference. Right. Right. One, you're pointing the finger. And the other one, you're actually saying, hey, this is teamwork here. Right. And I can see that I didn't set you up to win. This is such an important issue. I think a lot of people, and we, we even addressed this at the seminar, but um, apology doesn't require forgiveness. 
does no. it? Because a lot of people no. would think that it does. It seems like, again, mm -hmm. common knowledge is, hey, you know, I'm apologizing to you, so therefore you need to forgive me. No. For my problem. Apology my, is actually... Happens. It often happens. It often happens, but apology is like pushing a swinging door out, right? Mm -hmm. And when you push that swinging door out, it'll swing back. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it swings open the opposite way. If somebody apologize, if, if you apologize and then somebody apologizes, great. Then you have mm -hmm. this complete... But this, you still got free. As soon as you apologized... You got free. It's about you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're apologizing. You're it's about you making room so that love or God can fill that can space. Fill it. Because if you're still holding on to something, you know, or if you're if that incompletion is taking space in your bandwidth, love can't fill that space. So you're doing it to free you had impact. You want to be responsible for that impact. You want to give up that story you have, like, oh, that person hates me, or whatever your story is about that, that incompletion, mm -hmm. like you apologizing to your father, for instance, right? Because right. that, that takes bandwidth of, like, all that whole story about your father, right? When you apologize to him, some of that story is going to disappear, and you're right. going to be more available. Mm -hmm. And apology is always that way. Because, really, apology is some out of integrity. You're actually... You're actually taking responsibility for some out of integrity. Somewhere you lost the plot. Somewhere you were attentive to the whole. Right. I don't need my dad's apology. No, no you don't need that. To be whole. No. I just need he, to let go to the thought that I need an apology. Yeah. 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 And thank him for what he did. And you well, can request an apology. But he may not give and it. He may, he may give it, he may not. Yes, I mean, no. that may be, you have to look and see for yourself, would that be um, a stretch? Or would that be appropriate? Or would that be... Is there something in it for me asking for that apology? Perhaps, perhaps not. And remember, mm, we, we talked about there's a fine line between tools of transformation and manipulation. Right. So if you're doing something in order to, it's manipulation. Mm -hmm. If you're just doing something as an act of your own integrity, your own sense of responsibility, your own commitment to health and well-being, great, that's a tool of transformation. So I think with your dad, probably apology and acknowledgement would be the key. Right. Amazing. Yeah. Another great quote that really got me thinking. Expectation sucks the joy out of life. <laughs> so huge, right? It's so huge. Yeah. Because it speaks to non-attachment. Don't be attached, you know, to other people's outcomes or, or even your own outcomes. Right? Well, remember, okay, here's the thing about expectations. Expectations are a trap because if you expect something and then you get it, all you got was your expectation fulfilled and then you expect it again. Mm -hmm. So you're left in expectation, not fulfillment. Mm -hmm. If you expect something and you don't get it, all you're left with is an unfulfilled expectation and you're probably irritated and upset. There's no win. Is expectation a form of judgment? No, I think expectation is a form of miscommunicate, not communicating. Or mm. desire. Desire. Or attachment. I think you're right. Attachment. Desire and attachment. You want something, but you're not willing to ask for it. And usually mm -hmm. the reason you're not willing to ask for it is you don't want to hear no. So you just expect it silently. So we say, so in let's say an intimate relationship, yeah. expectation of you know certain relations, uh, expectations of respect, or you know all sorts of things that culturally or family-wise yeah. we get brought up with. Those are just little death charges waiting to go. Yep, yeah. and instead, getting communication, create right. and design. What are, what what are going to be those agreements that you make? Mm -hmm. And and here's here's another mantra. 
ask for what you want and be grateful for what you get. Mm -hmm. No expectations. Usually isn't what you want. (laughs) 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 Or often is slightly different. That's really cool. All right, we're running out of time. Let me. There's a couple of gems in here I want to check in. This is another good one. Okay, love and righteousness cannot coexist. I love that one. <laughs> That's awesome. What do we mean there? And what's the superpower? That's right. Um, you go ahead. Well, you know, it, we always say right righteousness or being right is like the heroine of our existence. It's it's like when you be right, you'll fight for your rightness mm-hmm. as opposed to love, being kind. Mm. So it's better to be kind than to be right. Yeah. That was your quote, by the yeah. way. So that was the last one I had written down here. Better to be kind than be right. Because right, you know, oftentimes if you look at the people you're being right with, they're people you love. So what's the big kudo there? Like, oh, well, I'm right. I just made my husband, the man I chose the rest of my life with, wrong. What's this, the benefit of that? This reminds me of the common male malady of trying to fix people. <laughs> Always, instead of being present and just listening. Yeah. Immediately going to advice. Okay, well, let's just look at that one real quick, right? If you're with someone who's always giving you advice, what are they actually communicating? I think they're, they're telling you you're screwed up, therefore you need their help. Exactly. Which doesn't feel good. I'm better than you. I know more than you. I have the answer to your life. I don't know what's wrong with you. You're messed up. <laughs> and so what's the quality of that relationship? Yeah, less than. Unless you can say to somebody, hey, babe, do you want to hear another idea? Want to see it another way? Do you want some feedback? Mm-hmm. Don't give people feedback unless they want it. Because mm-hmm. this is, and, and whatever feedback you do give people, speak in the first person so they can actually hear it. Because as soon as you start to project it out onto them, all they can do is defend and protect themselves. So how would that sound? Again, this stuff it has to be practiced. What would so that speak sound in the like? first person. So my experience is... Or what I see, or how I hear, or but what first, I'm making would up. Would you like some coaching? Would be Would you like one. some feedback? Would you like some coaching? Mm-hmm. Then speak in the first person. And what I My see experience is, is what or, I see, this right. is what I've heard. When I tried that, this is what I found. Right. Maybe you want to try that. See, but you want to speak it in the first person instead of telling people, which builds your ego. Mm-hmm. And the thing about righteousness is we get so identified with whatever. I'm a Packer fan or I'm a Republican or I'm a whatever. We get so righteous about our view that we get so identified. Again, love can't fill that that space because we're identifying with some belief system or some philosophy or some, you know, sports team or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Identification is a big obstacle mm-hmm. and righteous when you, you give up being right you're like giving up your identification as like you know anything mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 humbling you're saying i choose love rather than right this identity what are you guys most excited about for your future the future and what concerns you the most Oh man, concern. I'll start with concerns. <laughs> I mean, I got, I, I got some severe planetary concerns about human beings. Um, impact on the planet. Impact on the planet. Yeah. I've got concerns about, uh, the, the deficit spending of this current 
regime and like who's gonna that our grandchildren are gonna be paying mm-hmm. for I don't yeah I don't know I, I'm gonna be paying through the nose for our spending spree right now mm-hmm. uh, so environmentally and fiscally got some big concerns what I'm most what I'm most excited about is continuing to develop a model for business where love and awakening can it, there's space for it at work like if we could actually if, if I would leave this planet with there's at least a conversation mm-hmm. that in the workplace we can do some real work like mm-hmm. real awakening transformational work and that's that's a new conversation I would be I'm super excited about that the possibility yeah. of that nice yeah that might even make the impact on the planet better yeah um, let's see. I would say I'm most excited about just the expansion of the big love force. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm super excited about these um, super successful men that you interface with. <laughs> because, I mean, how, how beautiful is that, right? To be able to have people who have quote unquote made it right, in the material or the physical world, actually begin to have access to their hearts, and then what might they be able to do with those resources? Right. That might impact our planetary condition too, right? I mean, if we were a sharing sharing culture, that would be a whole other world. And the fact that they're being invited to their hearts by the most macho, sorry, in quotes, guy on the planet, like, you're (laughs) like, they're like, they're in awe of you because of your training and so forth, and you're the one saying, "Hey, check this out." That's stunning. That's like it's amazing. There's nobody better to invite CEOs and to executives host that party. Yeah, mm-hmm. to host that party than you. You are. That's your mission. I, I make up. That's your mission. Let's, <laughs> so, yeah, that's so your that, story. Well, let's, yeah. we're going to make it a big party. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> With that's your right. help, yeah, big party. Awesome. I love that's it. Really great. I love it. I mean, really, that's just so exciting. I mean, there are there are some amazing philanthropic. Yes things happening, you know, but just listening to your heart. Imagine like if more people actually got on board with that, then what would That's we how be change happens. I mean, Gandhi, well, and Gandhi then what could we one, be up to, one right? One person at a time, be the change you want to see. Imagine yeah. what we could be up to. Right. If we weren't we spending be, Yeah, if we weren't defending energy, and protecting uh, and yeah. imagine what we could make our lives about. Imagine what our grandkids would come into. You know, there's a lot of jobs available now that didn't exist when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but imagine what some of those jobs might be for my Grandchildren, yeah. great grandchildren. Beautiful vision. Pretty great. Thank you. That's awesome. And thank you very much, both of you, for you're the work so that you're welcome. doing. Um, thank you. If everyone, um, I highly recommend reading Kindred Spirits. This is super short, really beautiful book. Uh, has a lot of these, well, all of these ideas we've talked about. Cause this is kind of the, the little Bible. And it goes to the 10 superpowers in deep detail. And also sacred commerce, another great one. Really interesting as a, uh, for all you entrepreneurs and CEOs to think about how can you turn your workplace into a petri dish for development so that your workforce or your staff, employees, whatever you call them, what do you call them? Uh, we call them advocates. Advocates. advocates? That's cool. Advocates so that you, of love. So that your advocates can grow, uh, you know, as part of being part of your culture, just being one cool, of your products. What a De- cool, yeah. yeah, right. What a cool thing that is. Developing Maybe human beings valuable, at work. Developing human beings through work. And yeah, work. Yeah. Through work, yeah. And then um, you also run pro- some private training or some group we do. training? Yep, we and, do groups. We have a farm here in California that we're opening up this year. Okay. And 
Our website's almost done. Almost I just worked done. on it this Do morning. Do you know what the URL will be when it's done? Yeah, belovefarm.com. Yeah, belovefarm.com. B-E, yep. B-E, Love Farm. Yep. Okay, so go to, um, give it a few, to be fair, give it two months. <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 it's no, no, just no. like a week away. Oh, it's a week, okay. Yeah, we're real close. Belovefarm.com, and where else we can people... We do corporate retreats, and yep. Where else can people, people find you? Um, do you do social media or anything like that? Yeah, she does, well, she has... My we, first name, Tercy, I have Instagram and Facebook, and... Tercy's spelled T-E-R-C-E-S. Yep. And um, secret spelled backwards. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then our emails are our first names at cafegratitude.com. Oh, that's bold. And my email is fred at sealfit.com. <laughs> that's funny. Go ahead. All right. People. Thank you so much, guys. It's Thanks, been awesome. Mark. Thank you. you guys rock. I appreciate so it. So great. Yeah. All right, folks, you heard it. Matthew and Tercy Engelhart, Cafe Gratitude, authors of Kindred Spirit, Sacred Commerce. Um, doing great work in the world, and we're going to do a seminar or workshop with you guys this year. Great. Okay. That's my commitment. Yeah. That's in, my in commitment. In this county? Or well, on, the farm. Either on the farm or down here. Oh, great. Depends well, upon. great at the farm workshop. Oh, you mean these guys? Yeah, the whole, our Oh, yeah. far out. Yeah. yeah. I haven't told them yet, but I just think <laughs> okay, I, great. I just told you them. You just told them. <laughs> All right, folks. love that. Train hard, stay focused, be unbeatable. See you next time. Hoo-yah. 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 <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha.